This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Good morning. Ooh. What a lovely day you out there, Charlie. Listen to those dulcet tones. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just getting set for the onslaught of the heat. Ah. My God, it is really calm, good. Stay calm, oh, stay yeah. cool. Yeah, and it really, uh, without kidding about it. It's pretty muggy out there right now. For those who have any sort of lung problems, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for gosh sakes, stay indoors, get, get where it's cool. Yeah. Or heard a great tip, actually. What? Uh, if you want to just kind of keep cool, mm. a wet towel around your neck, and then carry a bottle of water with you that you can kind of refresh it from time to time. Good idea. Yeah, it just kind of does the trick. Anywho, uh, we're facing that kind of weather over the weekend, uh, and there will be a lot of gardeners out there sweating up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually feel sorry for the you know marathons are going on as we speak. I know. Can it's you a... imagine running in this condition? Well, okay, it's not as hot now as it's going to get. Yeah, no, true. All right, That's and right. and as they said, you know, they are running along the lake shore. Yeah, it is obviously impacting traffic, but nevertheless, it is cooler down by the lake yeah, than well, anywhere degrees, else guess, yeah. in uh, sort of the GTA right now. Yeah. So that bright side, it could be they could be running in a much hotter location, but it is a gorgeous day. It's yep. a little overcast. Yep. Uh, nice and warm. Uh, things are growing. Fruits are yes, ripening. Except, Vegetables except are growing. Our producer, well, our our op, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian, gave him a uh, wonderful plant. Yes, you did. That was very uh, nice of you. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, and it's a uh, is a black eyed Susan vine, also known as a Thunbergia. Yeah, he killed it. Yes, he failed he to killed water it. it. <laughs> he forgot to wa- He killed it. Okay, well, enough of that. Uh, phone numbers to reach <laughs> Charlie. Last time you give him a plan. Yeah, obviously. exactly. 416-360-0740. That's in the Toronto area. Anywhere else in the province, toll free. 1-866-740-4740. And uh, you have a few announcements. I uh, do. Oh, oh, I got a, a, if you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know. And that's what you'll get, the little ring. Welcome to Our show. welcome bell, which gives you your wings and allows you to fly through the air yeah, and right. enjoy the gardens. Call early, call often, one question per call, and away you go with what you got on the announcement page. Well, speaking of flying around, I, I oh. spent a few days in Prince Edward County. Oh, one of my This past week, yeah. I know. So, and it's funny because Elliot and I stayed with two different friends, mm. two different families, both of whom are keen bird birders mm-hmm. and have feeders everywhere. And I'll tell you, it was so amazing. I just, I went out in a kayak out on Lake Consequin and th- th- a lot of water birds, you know, yeah. swans and terns and, you know, loons, and they're, they're nesting, right? So they don't want you coming anywhere close to their nest. Oh, soon as yeah. soon as you come close, they <laughs> dive bombing you and it's like, oh, oh yeah. we got to go, we got to go. So I then headed up onto the Bay of Quinty to visit mm-hmm. other friends and they, again, 
are feeding birds like crazy. They also have a big raft off the front of their, their yeah. home in the water that the turtles all live on in the daytime. They, oh. come, they sun themselves out on this oh, raft. Yeah. yeah, it's quite fun. And the ducks sleep on it at yeah. night and the turtles sleep on it during the day. But um, we saw a tern pick up a turtle – which they don't normally eat. Wow. And it was like a big turtle. He was flying. He was having real trouble flying with this turtle. And, and then he just dropped it in the water. It was like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> yeah, what did I have a hold of it? But then an osprey came through and it grabbed a big fish. And it zinged on by with this big Son fish. Son of a gun. He can catch the fish. Shore. I can't. Oh, I know. Oh, it was, oh, it was great. Saw some, so anyway, saw some great birds, had some great food, attended the Jamie Kennedy Fish Fry, which was a wonderful, delicious event, which is also a fundraiser for the Hillier Community Association. So, yeah, the whole, the whole weekend was lovely. Absolutely. Just great. thought I'd share that with you. All right, a couple things going on. Mark on your calendars the Garden Walk Buffalo. It happens every year. It's a free, self-guided tour of 416 buffalo gardens, the largest garden tour in America. Every year it's held on the last weekend of July. So this year it's on Saturday and Sunday, July 25th and 26th, which is, of course, next weekend from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And those of you not familiar with the buffalo, uh, watch your step. Uh, oh, they're not that kind of buffalo. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, the Garden Walk, there is a guide that provides a comprehensive map of the area with all the homes plotted and described for each garden. So that's uh, got to be like a well, major book. Yeah. Um, so bottom line, for more information, go to GardenWalkBuffalo, all one mm-hmm. word, dot com and get a hold of a guide, get down to Buffalo if you can and tour some of these gardens because they're just all what, over the what map. What is the date again for that? Next weekend. Oh, good. Saturday good. and Sunday, yeah. 10 until 4, both okay. days. Um, one other thing going on in uh, honor of the Pan Am Games, the Royal Botanical Gardens is got something called Panorama going on all through the month of July. So this is a celebration of Mexico and Central America going on right now. Today in Hendry Park, there's food demos and tastings uh, starting at 12, going on till looks like about 4 o'clock. And then there's also music in Hendry Park starting at uh, 11 a.m. and again going to about 2 p.m. So that's today and tomorrow in, uh, like I say, in honor of the Pan Am Games and celebrating Mexico and Central America. So again, if you want to get outside and get into some beautiful gardens and taste some good food and hear some good music, head on over to RBG, which of course is in Burlington at 680 Plains Road West, as I mentioned in Burlington. Okay, Charlie. Good. Well, we're uh, just a little over time for our break here, so let's get that done. Okay. And uh, then we can come back and talk to folks like uh, Brenda and Sandra and Liz. Oh, they're all waiting online to talk to you, Charlie. So we'll be back in just moments here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on a gorgeous, but rather a high Hummadiddy, we welcome you to The Garden Show. And uh, Brenda is online from Dundas, Ontario. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, folks. Good morning. Um, I'm going to try and describe a flower to you. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is, and I've taken it to two garden centers, and they don't know either. Hmm. It has a stalk which is very thin and rigid. It's grown to nearly two feet. It has a head that looks like either a bachelor's button or a thistle. 
but the the flower itself is bright yellow. The leaves have little tiny prickly things all around them, hmm. and that's about as far as I can get <laughs> in wow. yellow. And then when it's dying, when the head is dying, it yeah. goes orangey, and then it goes red. Hmm. Have I, am I making any sense here? Uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm not. A, 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 a tall yellow flower with yeah, prickly leaves. Yeah, it looks leaves. like a thistle, but it's yellow. Or, as it's I say, bachelor, you know how the bachelor's buttons uh-huh. have a roundish thing and then these fuzzy things come up? Uh, Brenda, is there any chance you can take a picture of this and send it via email to Charlie? I could do that if oh, you like. Oh, that that helps so much because it's terribly difficult to try and, you know... Yeah, yeah it's, since nothing's jumping into my brain, yeah. that's probably the best idea, is take okay. a photo, and also perhaps somebody who's listening right now yeah. might just yeah. have a, you know, ability to see that plant and give us a call mm-hmm. in the next hour. So keep listening, just in case some very smart person is listening. Yep, okay. and, and I'll give you the uh, the email uh, number, or address, rather, for Charlie. It's mm-hmm. C dot dobbin that's d-o-b-b-i-n at mzmedia.com mzmedia.com that's right thank you okay yeah thanks look forward to seeing that photograph myself it sounds like a weird sort of thing doesn't it (laughs) i love it well here's sandra from etobicoke on the line good morning sandra good morning charlie morning yeah go ahead good morning good morning morning. can you hear me yes we can uh, my question is, I have a gooseberry bush that's around 15 years old. Mm. It normally produces 12 to 15 pounds of fruit. Oof, yep. This year, no flowers, no fruit. Hmm. We did have a late frost. I wondered about that. Um, my hydrangea that suffered that one year when we had those late frosts is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wondered if it was that. Yeah, I wonder because, I mean, you're in Etobicoke. We had a, a killer frost. I believe it was May 23rd, which was very late for our regular kind of uh, spring. And I'm wondering if that plant was just at the flowering point or, you know, the, the buds were just forming or preparing to open and they got frosted off because that would be my first impulse. Mm-hmm. Is If it's been a consistent bloomer and fruiter for that many years, I would look at what's taken place this past winter and spring as uh, and also recognize the plants sometimes do need to take a break it takes an awful lot of energy to produce all that fruit so right. sometimes it, it got a lot of growth on it okay amount of growth i would be pruning it do i you, prune it every year i prune it right back and okay, take good. out the dead wood good and open it up yeah open it up because they tend to get so mm-hmm. dense that there's a lack of air and lack of sun in the center of the plant so pruning for an open canopy on the shrub is a good idea as well sounds good. All so right. in future, if there's a frost, I should cover it. Yes. I mean, but like I said, that's the first time that's happened in, in the history books, I think, that you know, we've had that late of a frost. And certainly um, being out in the county like I was earlier, there was all kinds of crops that uh, didn't, didn't produce this year as a result, like peaches that got nipped by the frost and some cherries got very, very damaged as well. But it is, we like to think of it as a one-year blip and that, you know, things will get back into psych, uh, proper, the proper cycle next year. I hope so. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Sandra, very much. And that, as we say goodbye to Sandra, that leaves the line open at either in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or if you're anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We're going to be... Uh, 
coming along to talk to uh, Liz and Nancy. But first, I want to do a little chat about uh, one of our fav- favorite products mm-hmm. here at the station. And there's such great people to work with, too. Sierra Sill, mm-hmm. based in Vancouver. It's a total Canadian company. Mm-hmm. It will get you the phone number and how to get a hold of them in a minute. But we want to just extol the virtues of that well, company and, reason, and what they produce. Yeah, and the reason you and I both take three little pills in the morning is because it keeps our joints oiled, mm-hmm. keeps them pain-free, keeps them working. So we can be walking, we can be pretending we're part of the Pan Am Games. I, <laughs> yeah. I actually, well, I was in the county, I, we did a triathlon, yeah. started the day kayaking, got back from kayaking, had a little lunch, got on our bicycles, rode out to the lake, went for a swim, rode back home, and then collapsed with a beer in my hand. <laughs> but, but, it's a good thing you didn't have the beer before you collapsed. Yeah, golly. So, but yes, yes. So I couldn't have done that if my joints were at all <laughs> stiff, trust me. So, so Sierra Sil works for me, mm-hmm. and I know it works for you. It doesn't work for everybody, but you will know whether it's working within 14 days, which is where the phone number comes in, one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web, sierrasil.com. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, bidding good morning and welcome to Liz in Toronto. Hi, Liz. Good morning. How is everybody? Excellent. How are you? Just great. Good. Um, Calling about a Gerber daisy that I've had for, I would say, about five years. Mm. It's only flowered once. And I had some bugs on it, but I've gotten rid of them. And I've cut all of the leaves down, and I'm noticing that I'm getting some fresh leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have it outside in my backyard under my canopy, so it's not getting full sun, but it is getting some sun. Mm. Uh, my question is, how much water should I be giving it, and do you think it will ever flower again? Well, you know what? I'd be inclined to get it out from under the canopy and get it out into full sun. Okay. And with that plant, I mean, Gerbers, it's interesting you've had it for five years, so congratulations, because they have a tendency, Gerber, because of the way they grow with all that tight, compact leaves and the flowers come up in the center, there's a fungal disease called botrytis, which very often attacks the plant before the flowers can, you know, stand up outside of the leaves. So you get that mildewy thing going on and the whole plant tends to collapse in on itself. So good, yeah, good for you for being able to, like I said, keep it alive this long. I'd get it into full sun. I would allow it to dry between waterings, water thoroughly when you do water. I would use a a flowering plant fertilizer at this time of year, probably every two weeks when I'm watering. I'd be using a, you know, um, something that might be a miracle grow. It might be like a 15, 30, 15, something that's got a fairly high phosphorus a middle okay. number, and okay. uh, and remember that they are native to South Africa. So that plant is used to hot and dry and intense. It's it's quite a drought tolerant plant, and what kills it most likely, like I said, is the mildew. So with our humidity, you're going to need to make sure it's getting good air circulation to try and avoid any kind of mildew. So when would I bring it back into the house? Because it's in a pot. Uh, oh, good. Yep, yeah. and I would do like a real, cl- you know, thorough cleansing of the the plant, the soil, the plants, and everything with just straight water or soap and water, and bring it in. Plan to bring it in about the third week of August, fourth week of August. Okay. <clears throat> and again, in, into a real sunny location, of course. Yes. 
Okay. Good stuff. Good luck with that. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the show, The Garden Show, from Zoomer Radio, AM 740 in Toronto. Nancy in Burlington, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Hi, uh, I have a a very heavily infested uh, magnolia tree. Uh, It has scale. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that it should be uh, controlled with pre-emergent in the spring, but it's now in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. And has that has the scale been there in the past, or that you've just suddenly seen it now? The scale was there on the tree when it was a much smaller, uh, maybe over ten years ago. And I took um, uh, all of the um, little uh, bumps. I took them off by hand, and mm. I haven't had a recurrence of scale until this year. Hmm. So, what would you think about getting out there? I guess it's a pretty big tree now to go yeah, out there. Yeah, it's too, it's too yeah. big for me, and I'm too old. Yeah. Uh, okay, how big is the tree, roughly? Oh, uh, probably um, 20, 25 yeah, feet. pretty big. Uh, okay, so magnolia scale is devastating to magnolia. It really weakens the plant a lot. And you're right, in the spring, way back prior to the flowers opening and the leaves emerging, there was that dormant spray that you could have used, which is an oil-based spray. So now at this time of year, the best thing to consider is a product that, again, with a 20-foot tree, though, I'm just wondering, hmm, and you're calling from Burlington. Would, is it a... You know, it's obviously an important tree. You've had it for a long time. My impulse would be to call a local certified arborist and have it sprayed by them. All right. I I have a a complicating factor in that I have a full uh, perennial garden underneath it. That's okay. No, what they're going to spray with would not hurt the perennials. Okay. Um, What they would, what I would recommend if it was a smaller tree is um, a product that you can just buy at at any, you know, home store or garden center, which is called End All. Mm -hmm. And End All is both pyrethrins, which is an insecticide, but it also has canola oil mixed in with it. And the nice thing about End All is that you, you can use it on plants that are not dormant and it will asphyxiate insects like scale. However, with such a big tree, it would be just incredibly onerous, not to mention expensive, to buy the end all and get out there and spray thoroughly. And that's why I'd be inclined to look up, for, like I said, for a certified arborist in your neighborhood, in your area, of which there's many, and just get somebody to come in and, or you could even tell them on the phone the rough size of the tree and the fact that you know you have scale and, you know, what would they recommend and what would they charge? And, and they could probably tell you right over the phone what that would, would cost. Okay. Okay. What What is the um, website to find? A, well, a yes. If you have access to the web, ISA. So I. S as in Sam, A dot org stands for the International Society of Ar- Arborists or Arboriculture. So if you go to that website, you can then put in your location, your postal code, and it will come up with members of the International Society of Arboriculture who are in your area and give you a place to start. Yeah. Uh, or go to the yellow pages because same thing under yeah. arboriculture. But remember, try, you know, Go to somebody who knows what they're doing. Like, go to a, preferably a certified arbor, arborist to do a, a proper job. Okay. Okay. Right. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Thanks Thank for your you, call. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, nice Bye-bye. to have you with us here on the Garden Show. And uh, from Markham, it's Valerie. Good morning, Valerie. Hello. Yeah, Good morning. Um, my question is, how do you get rid of white flies? Are these inside your house? Pardon? Inside the house? Yes. 
And uh, okay, so and for sure these are little. They're flies that fly around, and they're pure white, and they're obviously on a specific plant or many plants. It's on mainly the hibiscus plant. Okay. Is there any way you could get those hibiscus outside? Uh, not really, because outside it's loaded with slugs and snails. Uh, okay. So the problem, hibiscus is a very tasty plant. Uh, many insects love hibiscus because they love what it tastes like. So it does tend to get infested by whitefly and sometimes aphids who suck the juices out of the plant. Right now, believe it or not, one of the best things you can do to control whitefly is to prune the plant back, which means you will be removing perhaps some buds and some flowers, but you'll also be removing a lot of insects and their eggs because they're always congregated on the newest growth. The eggs are underneath the leaves. You can see them. They're like an opalescent, um, almost an opaque little bump on the backs of the leaves or the underside of the leaves. And um, those eggs will will hatch unless they're either physically removed because you stand there with a green garbage bag and your pruners and as you prune each branch you carefully drop the branch into the green garbage bag and close it up and go to the next branch and prune it back and and that's what I would start with I would do some pruning to remove a lot of new growth then believe it or not I would go to that product I was just mentioning to um, Nancy who called about magnolia scale Mm -hmm. and I would get a hold of a spray that's called End All and follow the instructions on the spray. Prefer When you are spraying, remember it's an oil-based spray so you don't want to spray in the living room because you don't want to get oil on the curtains or the, the couch. But maybe you can move the plant into the bathtub, for example, and then you just mix and mix and shake and shake and you spray and spray and shake and spray till the plant is dripping. And you'll have to do that twice or over a 10-day period to um, okay. kill the adults and kill the next generation. But it is doable. Uh, it's just a matter of following those instructions. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Good luck with that. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. Pardon me. Uh, Phone number is just in case you're trying to get through. Yeah, there's a line open right now, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Yeah, the frog in my throat there. I know. All righty. Get that frog in. No croaking here. Let's see. Russ is online from Coburg. Hey, good morning, Russ. Hi. Good morning. Um, my question is about shallots or shallots. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how you pronounce it, but mm-hmm. one or the other, it's like a, well, yeah. I don't know what a shallot is. I'm yeah, sure. it's like an onion. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I planted some. Mm-hmm. How do you know when to pull them? <laughs> it's a good question. Depends how big you want them to grow, but also f- watch the foliage. As the green leaves, the tips of the green leaves will start to turn yellow. Yeah. And as that yellow starts to move down the leaf, it's telling you it's time to, to harvest. Ah, okay. okay. So, yeah, we are getting it's This is the time, right? We start thinking about onions. Certainly the garlic mm-hmm. is going to be ready to start pulling very soon for most of us. A bit of a late year this year because the ground was cold and it was a late spring. But typically by now or within the next 10 days, we are pulling up things like garlic. So certainly stay on top of that. And if in doubt, dig up one. See what it looks like? Taste it? You, if you leave them in there, they, they won't die. They'll just get bigger. Oh, well, bigger's not bad. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Just pull them up one at a time, then. That's right. And just, but at some point when the green leaves are all yellow, you've got to dig, the, dig them up. 
Okay. Okay. Or leave them for next year. <laughs> That's true. They, they actually will come up next year. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Russ. And uh, the Garden Show here at AM740, Zoomer Radio. Boy, on a, on a day that is going to be, well, a weekend is going to be very hot. And so just a little bit of advice about watering mm-hmm. uh, in case we don't get the showers that might come along. Early in the morning yes. as opposed to afternoon, right? Always better. Always better to, to do your watering early in the day if you're going to water, whether it's pots mm-hmm. or lawns or newly planted trees. I'll tell you, in my neighborhood, and I'm seeing this all around the GTA, uh, a lot of trees are being replaced, street trees, because some of the older street trees were so damaged by the ice storm or were ash trees that have gone down due to insect infestation. So there are young trees being planted by the city on city property, on residential streets Mm -hmm. all over the GTA. And I can't tell you the number of trees I'm looking at that are desperately in need of water. And people live right there. (laughs) You know, I understand it's not your tree, and I understand you pay for water, but water it anyway, because it's never going to survive if you don't water it. So these, and they're nice-sized trees. They're 12, 14, 15 feet tall. You know, they're honey locusts, they're maples, um, they're ginkgos. I'm seeing, you know, these are going to become substantial shade trees if they but survive. They've, got to, they've yeah. got to be watered. And the best way to water a, a tree of any kind, but particularly a newly planted tree, is you don't stand there with the hose for three minutes and think you've done a good job. No. You turn the hose down to a little tiny trickle, so it's just trickling a little bit, lay the hose on the ground at the base of the tree, go inside, read the newspaper, come back outside 15, 20 minutes later, move the hose. And do that for about an hour. Move that hose around the tree, allowing that slow trickle. And what will happen is you will thoroughly saturate the soil and you'll saturate it deep. And it's all about deep watering to encourage deep roots. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. Some sage advice. Well, I'm I'm seriously going to stop my car and start knocking on doors. Like, it's just driving me nuts. (laughs) How can you not see that tree out there that is so limp? It's crying for water. Good point. Good point. Uh, Cheryl in Toronto is with us. Hey, Cheryl, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Hello. Morning. Hi. um, About four years ago, I planted a wisteria, which had a bit of a flower on it. I think it was two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not done anything with it, and it has grown like mad. <laughs> yes. I've heard you prune it, a hard prune in July. Uh, yeah, there's actually, to do it properly, there's about th- three times to prune. Three but times. Uh, yes, a hard prune in July is correct. Okay. And, and, and how, how do I know what to cut and where to cut and how much to cut? I know. And it's, it is a bit of a hard one to describe over the radio. And a fairly young plant like yours, it is important that you do your pruning uh, correctly so that you've set up the proper framework for this wisteria for the long term. I suggest you you have a computer or access to the internet? Yes. Okay. So if you Google pruning wisteria, there will be a site that comes up, and it's Canadian Gardening Magazine. And Canadian Gardening Magazine did a very thorough article, uh, both in the magazine and on their website. It's a couple of years old, but it's absolutely true advice still and won't change. Uh, And I suggest that it's a couple of pages long. Read it, print it, hold on to it, use it as a reference because it's very – it's got pictures, it's got explanations, and it's locally – you know, it's very local. So uh, um, I would go with that. 
Okay, thank you so much. All right. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye. Okay, as we say bye-bye to Cheryl there, uh, just a note about uh, Sierra. So I want to talk a little bit, uh, and have both of us actually get into discussion here, about the brand-new product that they've got on the market now. It's Sierra Sil Joint Formula Active. Now, this this new formula contains curcumin, not just any curcumin, but Mariva curcumin. That's M-E-R-I-V-A. It's formulated for the best bioavailability. It has the same anti-inflammatory properties as joint formula 14, but the active formula is effective at reducing pain. And this is um, due in part because the Mariva curcumin has a unique uh, extract. It's a rather a unique extract that significantly is better absorbed than other mm-hmm. curcumin extracts. So, mm-hmm. give it a give it a try. Yeah. So it's the same regular Sierra mm-hmm. Cell that we all know and love, but it's just got that extra little thing Thanks. in it, and the the extra curcumin is to actually help with a pain relief. Yeah. Right. Uh, cur- because regular Sierra Cell doesn't relieve pain. It it keeps your joints moving. That's right? right. It's all about about um, you know oiling the joints. But this extra little curcumin thing, I guess, is is like a, taking an aspirin or something like that as a bit of a, a muscle, you know, pain exactly. reliever. So just anywhere you can uh, you can purchase Sierra Sil, you can purchase this as well, and it comes with that money back guarantee too. Mm-hmm, it does. Okay, uh, okay here's a here, look. Our first caller, Brenda, yeah. called from Dundas, and she was calling about a yellow flowering plant. Yeah. Now, she said it looked thistle-like, but meanwhile, we did have a caller with the suggestion perhaps she has a plant called mullion in her garden. Now, it, uh-huh. it, it is kind of – here, see how tall it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't really look like a bachelor's button. Uh, it's not really a thistle-like flower, but it is tall and it is yellow, and it does have real fuzzy leaves. So if you're still listening, Brenda, try Googling mullion, M-U-L-L-E-I-N, and see if that's your mystery flower. And thank you to whoever it was that called. Uh, <laughs> just says somebody called from Sebastian. So thank you for the suggestion. Maybe you're right. We'll... Let us know, Brenda, if, if that's the right one. Check it out. All okay. right. We're going to be checking out what John has on his mind from Mississauga and Sharon from West Lauren in just moments here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And delighted to be here, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying hi to John and Mississauga. Hey, John, how's it going? Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, John. First of all, I want to tell, thank Frank for uh, giving us a great week this week for, with his uh, music. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Frank. Oh, thank you. I'm sitting <laughs> in for a question to Charlie. <laughs> okay. Um, Charlie, I don't know whether I... Uh, I heard it a little bit on the garlic while I was talking to Sebastian, but I didn't get to what you were talking about. Um, I have maybe, what, 100 heads of garlic, which I put around the fruit trees and, 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 and my garden. Mm-hmm. I put maybe 70 in my garden. And I don't know whether... I took them maybe, i say, 10 days ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were maybe had one clove. Mm-hmm. Others were maybe an inch and a half. But there were some in the same area yeah. that they were sort of rotten. Oh. Did I took them out too early? Hmm. I took the scape, you yeah. know, when, when Yeah, it was of course. Formed. Yeah, which is about two weeks ago. Yes. Well, I haven't harvested my garlic yet. I haven't even pulled any up. Uh-huh. 
But last year I ended up leaving it too long. And you know when your garlic has been left too long, when the outer paper, it's called a tunicate, starts to crack and the the actual cloves start to separate from the main stem. Mm -hmm. So you want it to be nice and closed as tight as possible. The size of the garlic is going to depend on what variety you grew and also the kind of growing season that we had. As we know, it was a very late spring. The soil was cold for a long, long time. So we didn't, we haven't had as long of a growing period as we would have normally. Um, You know, and if they're starting to rot a bit, then no, you definitely didn't pull them up too soon. Better to get them out of the ground if it's if it's too soggy or mm-hmm. wet of a spot. Uh-huh. Um, uh, mine are just hard, barely starting to turn a bit yellow on the tips. So I was thinking I probably should check because it was right about this time last year when I should have harvested and I left it about a week too late. That's what happened to me last year, Charlie. Yeah. I, I, uh, I left them. Uh-huh. Uh, well, actually, I was in Europe, but anyhow, but when I came back, I, I tell you, I hardly had any garlic at all. Oh, really? And to tell you the truth, the, the, um, my garlic is uh, I, in September, which I didn't go last year, but in September I go to Stratford, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and that's where mostly I buy my, my garlic from. Yeah. So I have a Russian, I have, um, oh, good. Yeah, uh, I have Spanish Roja. Yeah. Good. But um, anyhow, but uh, it, they're not bad. I have, like I said, mm. but and now I want to keep some of this. Yes, to, to to plant in October. Exactly, that's exactly right. So that's what I do. Like I, I have certain varieties that work really well and give you know bumper crop, uh-huh. and I always save some and replant from the original. So yeah, if you've got if you've got some nice good cloves, the kind that you want to just mash up and eat today. Hold them aside, you know, dry them down, and yeah, get them in the ground in September, October. Yeah, but but like I said, I think I think I was a little bit because they were the, the, the leaves were yellow. Okay, but but not uh, not really yellow. But to be honest with you, I don't know if she's listening to me. My wife says you better take them out because it's going to happen the same what happened to you last year. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I did. But especially some around my fruit trees, there were hardly any. But that could be a little bit because of a competition between uh-huh. member trees that have been there for many, many years, have massive root systems and are well established. Uh-huh. And then you roll in there with a brand new young plant and ask it to grow. And it is competing for the same moisture and the same nutrients as the tree. Mm-hmm. And the tree tends to win the competition because it's just that better established. Yeah. So, um, And also remember, garlic does want to be in full sun and it does want well-drained, reasonably fertile soil. You, you said once full sun, right? It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, to tell you to, some of them, obviously, they're not yeah. because of the, of the Under trees, the trees, but, yeah. but the one in the garden, you know, mm-hmm, I, had, mm-hmm. I tell you, I had lots of sun. Okay, and um, were they better? So, but anyhow, uh, well, I think I'll be taking a drive to Stratford again in <laughs> September and, I would and, for and sure. get some new ones. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and the rule of thumb is when half the leaves have turned yellow on the garlic, uh-huh. it's time to harvest. So, so that's what I should look at. Yeah, so watch for that. You know, look at all the leaves and the, look for about half of them being yellow or brown, and it's time to, to dig them up. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's Good great, stuff. John. Thanks, Thanks John. Thank you. Thank- uh, you know, one of my favorite meals in the whole world. I know is you. I know your favorite and garlic meal. on spaghetti. Oh my god, I just love it. 
the fresh problem garlic. is, yeah, when I first did it, <laughs> I got my uh, I got the amount of buds kind of confused, and I loaded it, you know, with oh, oh, many. And I bet you and, didn't have a cold for two years uh, after yeah, but, that. And, and guys could not come in the studio there you go. where I was working well, for about but three days. Holy cow. Keeps you healthy. And I'm not sure whether it keeps you healthy because people stay yeah. away from you or whether there's truly some antioxidant, <laughs> you know, great I, stuff oh, in there. But it, it, garlic is so good for mm, you. Pepper on top of it. Yikes. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, Sharon and West Lauren and Mary Lou, we're coming to you in just moments here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Charlie, we're going to head out to West Lauren right now mm. and have a word with Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. It's going to be a warm day. Whoa, it is. Yeah. <laughs> warm already. Anyway, what I am calling for is about um, transplanting um, some perennials. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard that um, in the uh, some you should plant in the fall. The ones that are going to come up in the in the spring should be um, transplanted or replanted or mm-hmm. planted. Period. Divided in yeah. the fall. Mm-hmm. And um, I was wondering about uh, a friend of mine is moving and she has some asparagus. And it's, of course, it's gone to seed mm-hmm. now. And um, she's got a ground cover that's got, um, oh, it grows about 12 to 15, maybe 15 inches high. And it's got a yellow flower on it about the size of a loony. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty well um, spent its flowers uh, now. It's just the greenery in that, too. And also um, some daylilies and iris. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those, I, I was wondering when to plant them, if I could dig them up now and replant them for next year, or should I leave them till fall or October sometime? And When is she moving? Uh, in the middle of, or the first part of October. Okay, so you've got time. What I would do is I would prepare the spots in the garden where you plan to put these things. Yes. Obviously not today. It's way too hot. Today's oh, a no, stay in the shade and drink lemonade kind of day. Yes. But once things start to cool down in August, uh, I would be you know preparing those spots, making sure you've got some nice good compost available or some good composted manure, mixing it in with your regular soil. And then I would go to her garden in early September when we get one of those nice, clear, crisp September days uh-huh. where it's cool enough to be working in the garden. Uh, and at that point, you'd be in a good position to dig up clumps of any of these plants, whether it's asparagus. The the ground cover you referred to with yellow flowers sounds like evening primrose, yeah, um, yeah. daisies, many of these things. It's a matter of just, you know, take some green garbage bags, whatever, mm-hmm. a good sharp shovel. <clears throat> dig up clumps so that you've got as root and soil attached to the root ball, you will probably want to cut down the above-ground growth because you're going to leave roots behind, better to leave some foliage behind as well, and then take them home, a little bit of bone meal into the ground or transplant or fertilizer, and plant each of the plants out as soon as you can after lifting them, water thoroughly, and they should come up just fine next spring. Okay, and the same with the daylilies and the iris? Yep, too. exactly. Okay, that's okay. great. 
Thank you very much. Have a good weekend and try to keep cool. Thank you. You you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sharon. Mary Lou in Oakville. Hi. Good morning and welcome to the show. Hi there, both of you. Good morning. quickly because I know the show is going to end soon. I have a very large, probably 40-year-old spruce tree in the front. And when I moved in, the, the previous owners had cut it halfway up. So I am able to plant underneath it and have a garden, which, I, which I've done. But what happens is the cones fall. But that's not a problem. And I'm not sure this is a problem. But all the little scales are just covering all my plants. Hmm. And I have a lot of ground cover. Mm-hmm. Is that going to hurt them or will it act as mulch? I've been trying mm-hmm. to remove it, but it, I damage the plants yeah. when I do so. What, um, what kind of ground covers do you have? Oh, well, I not only have ground, well, I have plants. hens and chickens, but I, I have almost every kind you could oh, imagine. Oh but I also have bee balm planted there, mm. gora, um, I have a rose bush. Wow. Is, my garden is sort of a little bit of everything. So, And that's all under a spruce. That's amazing. Well, okay, so <laughs> what I was going to say, well, because under a spruce, a spruce, the pH tends to be quite low in the soil. So what we would consider an acidic soil. And also it tends to be very dry because the spruce is taking yes. all the liquid. I um, water it copiously. I bet you do. Um, and if all those plants are thriving in that environment, recognize that the, the cones and the bits of cones that are dropping are just going to contribute to that lowering of the pH. Will not necessarily hurt the plants, definitely asks, acts as great organic material, which is good, helps with water retention, etc. If you notice the plants, though, are starting to suffer, not necessarily this year, but in the future, leaves are a little off color, that sort of thing, you may need to go in there with a little bit of horticultural lime to balance that pH a bit. Uh, It will raise it a bit, making things like roses and uh, monarda grow a little better, and it won't affect the the spruce at all because it's well-established. But that's certainly um, but yeah, I would just even if you have a soft broom, perhaps you could just do a little bit of sweeping as those. Uh, uh, yeah, and and otherwise I wouldn't worry about it. Use the hose to just wash some of those off if you're worried that the plants are getting smothered by all the cone material or bits and pieces of needles. I pick up all the cones. It's mm-hmm. the scales that are hard to remove, yeah. and I hate lo- using leaf blowers. Yeah, me too. And so, I mean, uh, I, although I may have to to get rid of some of them because there is a thick layer. Wow. But, you know, that's nature mulching for you to some extent. Oh, well, you know, okay. That's great. You the trouble. my question. And thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks so much for your call. Thanks, Mary you know. Lou. Bye-bye. Yeah. That pretty well puts the wraps, well, just about on uh, the show, except to say uh, I'm going to be back at uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon, uh-huh. 2 to 3.30, with all sorts of good stuff. And what do and what you and, got going on? Uh, Anything? Just a ton of good music to accompany it. Any activity you want to get involved with. Well, and also, you the show is live in the city, right? Yes, indeed. I mean, there is so much going on in the well, city. Well, that's the problem. Where do you start? There are so many things going on. <laughs> Where do you start, you know? <laughs> so, I'll tell you. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I've got tickets for the closing Co- ceremonies. Uh, and, the- and I don't care whether Kanye West is going to be there or not. I mean, <laughs> I just want to be part and parcel of this fabulous thing yeah. that's been going on in, in Toronto and area. And, Honest to Pete, it's going to be great. It's That's just going to be wonderful. Yeah, you've had some fun. You said you went to a couple oh, of events. And- was down at Nathan Phillips Square. I think yeah. it was Wednesday night. Yeah. And 
I could not believe the number of people there. The big Toronto sign. I love that. It's all good. It's uh, all yeah, good. that's great. No, I know. Like they say, Toronto's really embracing the Pan Am Games. Took us a while, but we're we're finally doing it. Well, thank you, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. Couldn't do it without your help. Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without your help either. And thanks to all our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.